uh, at 10 o'clock, there's a uh, uh, Bible study church. is a church service happening at Westcare, right down the street. Up the street, down the street, I forget. Anyway, and um, a group of ladies from our church are ministering there right now as we speak. And so uh, they'll be there once a month, and then there's going to be a weekly, I, I believe, a weekly Bible study as well. And so this is something we've been praying about for a long time, and we're so excited that God has opened up this door. We've been asking for a while, and the door is wide open. We have favor there, and uh, we're excited about what God's doing. And so they're having church over there. So could we all stand up, and we just want to say a prayer this morning for, for that, <clears throat> as well as just kind of getting into God's Word this morning. Um, Yay, Jesus, thank you for, uh, for your, your grace, yes, and for mercy. And, 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 you know, mercy is not a word that we use a whole lot unless we need it. <laughs> and uh, so we, we thank you for that, and, and we ask, oh God, that, that you would fill in the gaps in our lives and that you would, within us, cause us to overflow so that you would be glorified, not, not for us, but for you be the glory. And God, we, um, we uh, lift up Miss Paulette. Thank you for finally healing her body and bringing health to her. And uh, we thank you for the ladies that are over there right now that are, that are having a Bible study. We know that it's your time, and we know that this is something that just as Michael testified about how, how you have changed his life, um, we know that right now, Lord, there is life change. Uh, there is, there's, there's women's names who will be written in your book of life even today. Lord, we believe you for what you said you would do. And that, Lord, you came to seek and to save the lost. That, Lord, you go out into the highways and the byways and the fields and up the street and down the street and to the east side and to the west side and into Northtown and into any other town to reach people for your glory. And so we just, uh, we just say amen and thank you for that, God. We're, we're blessed to be a part of it, and we give you all the glory for all that you're doing. And we ask and say all of these things in Jesus' name, the name that is above every name, and everyone said, amen. amen, amen. Would you give someone a high five and have a seat, please? <clears throat> Two little quick points of family business. Uh, we, uh, uh, if you, if you uh, would like to give uh, to our building fund or to the ministry in any kind of way and, and you want a tax credit, praise God for tax credits, uh, uh, if you would like to have that, we need to have that before the 30, before the end of this month. Okay. So you have till Monday to, you can give on our app if you like, but I, I just wanted to mention that. And also, uh, our denomination Foursquare is, is, uh, they do this every year and, uh, I've been reluctant to join in, uh, because fasting used to be a lot easier for me than it is now. By the way, thank you all for your tremendous gifts that you gave to the Box family uh, uh, for as we celebrate uh, Christmas and all the sweets and all the cookies and all the, all the uh, tamales and, and uh, we are so thankful. And I want you to know that we are feverishly trying to eat it all before this fast happens, all right? 
Uh, we're feasting now, but the fasting is coming. Oh, boy. No, we'll be freezing things. Anyway, I, uh, uh, our denomination does a 21-day fast every year, and, and it was very clear to us that, that we needed to join in. Um, and so you need to pray about how you would participate in that. Uh, the, the traditional biblical sense of fasting is you go without food for 21 days. It's doable. It's doable. I know you think, no way, I'll die. No, you won't. No, you won't. However, you need to be prayerful because you might have a medical condition that requires you to eat, you know, if you're hypoglycemic or whatever, whatever it might be. So, so here's, here's the key that I want you to get. Don't be, don't, don't uh, find a way to participate. One year we went uh, 21 days without uh, television and, uh, you know, I, I neglected to uh, calculate the fact that it was the playoffs and, and, and I still hear about it. Yeah, and I miss Green Bay, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know what, man? You need to let it go, son. Um, <laughs> I still, it's like, but anyway, find a way to participate. Seriously, okay? Don't get weirded out by this. This is something that God is very biblical. Jesus fasted 40 days. Um, it's, it's something that, that, that's meant to, have a spirit behind it that you join in the spirit of it, okay? Because you may think, I can't go 21 days without food. That's okay. You pray about how God would have you participate. That's the key. Pray about that and, 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 and then let God work in your life uh, during this time. Because it's, it's joining in the spirit of the fast. Uh, the, the, the mechanics of it are important, but they're not important as the heart behind it. You know, it's very easy to make something like this a religious exercise. And the Bible tells us if we do it that way, we get nothing out of it. It's not meant to be a religious exercise. It's meant to, uh, to, to take something away, to sacrifice something, uh, food uh, in this particular case, and to take that time to draw near to the Lord. And the ancient Hebrews actually believed that, that your, your soul was was like it's somewhere in the gut. Like, I'm not just telling you what they believe. And they believe that what fasting did was it kind of shrank your gut, your innards. It, 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 it reduced that so that your spirit man or your spirit woman could enlarge. Does that make sense? I don't want to get mystical on you because it's not that. But that is what the Bible says. That's what, that's what they believed. And, and anyway, there's a benefit to it. So uh, we'll be meeting on Wednesday nights. We're praying. We'll, be, uh, sing, we'll sing a few worship songs, and then we're going we're gonna to pray. Uh, we'll meet for an hour on Wednesday uh, and, uh, because the point of, one of the points of fasting is coming together as well. Okay? And so uh, if you would like to participate in the Foursquare uh, there's an actual uh, uh, email that they will send you. You can go to leader.foursquare.org, leader.foursquare.org, and you can get a daily prayer emphasis. And, and so we're, we're not joining just our district. We're joining the international church, okay, and uh, of which there are thousands and thousands of churches worldwide. And so we're all joining together, and we're all uh, fasting and praying, and so we'll have the same emphasis. There's great power when the church is praying specifics. And there's great power when the church is praying specifics together. Okay? That's why Jesus said, if two or more or of you would agree on anything, then whatever you ask will be done for you. And we know that's not a formula, but we know there's power in agreement. Does that make sense? All right, if you have any questions, let us know. We'll be happy to, uh, 
to answer those for you, but I wanted to make sure that I said that so that uh, so you could be preparing. And so feast, eat, drink, be merry for Wednesday we fast, you know, we'll be okay. Don't eat, drink and be merry, but you get it. All right. All right. So there's, uh, there's, a, there's a scripture on my heart that I want to share with you, and, and there's, there's a lot of different things that, that I think will come out of it, um, and it has to do with the power of focus, the power of focus. I heard this statement this week by Rick Warren. He's a pastor of Saddleback Church in California. He said this, you will never become the man God intends you to be unless you intend to become that man. And I'm, drive, I'm actually driving to a funeral on Friday. And it, this funeral was amazing. Now, I don't mean that in the sense that, you know, there's not a lot of grief and hurt. And, but but it, was, it, was, and it was an amazing funeral. And so I'm driving to this funeral, and I actually did the, the, the eulogy and shared, shared a scripture verse. And, uh, and, and I hear this, you will never become the man or woman that God intends you uh, uh, to be unless you be unless you intend to become that man intentionally 2019 it's a brand new year it's a time of new beginnings and we look at the new year and we look forward what does 2019 hold for you here's my question is 2019 just going to happen or are you going to make it happen and, and and are you going to are you going to just kind of um uh uh, uh let the year, you know, whatever the year has, uh, that's, that's what it'll be. Are you going to say, no, I'm going to be intentional about this year, and I'm going to be intentional about becoming the woman of God that God wants me to be. I'm going to be intentional about becoming the man of God that God wants me to be because it's not going to happen by osmosis. It's, you know, it's not growth in Christ doesn't just happen. You have to be intentional. You have to be focused. And, and that's what I kind of want to talk about. This funeral, this man was a 35-year educator uh, and a, a track and field legend in our city. And, 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 and hundreds of people came to be. There might have even been more if it hadn't been during the, the, the Christmas holidays. Uh, and hundreds of people and and there was a there were six people and I told the family you might want to consider selecting six people to come up and share because if you hand the mic it'll you will never get done you'll be there for hours and once you hand the mic over to people you know you don't know what's going to happen and you could threaten I'll take the mic or we'll drop people don't care and because they have something to say, and, and because uh, uh, this man lived so intentionally, and 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 at the end of his life, he you know he, though he believed in Jesus, I had the privilege of, of in the summertime praying with him in the hospital for the assurance of his salvation. And, and there was a, there was a, there was a word in this in this song that 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 talked about how death has been defeated, and and you know we sing that song. And, and as we were singing it, I wanted to just scream at the top of my lungs, do, you, do I even understand what we just sang? Death has been defeated. I mean, that becomes really important when you go to a funeral and 
Everybody in the room is talking about how great this man was who died. Sam Germany is his name. How, how great of a man he was. And I got the privilege of saying, yes, he was great, but he's in heaven right now, not because of anything he did uh, on the track or anybody that he helped to see something within them that they didn't see, but he's in heaven because Jesus lived and died and rose again and death has been defeated. And I'm telling you, that makes all the difference in the world. All of it. It does. He was intentional and he was focused. So the power of focus, there is so much that we'll want to take away from uh, the focus that we should have. Someone said that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. I have a question for you this morning. What's the main thing in your life? No, don't tell me what I want to hear. What really is it? Because where your time and your talent and your treasure are will tell me what the main thing is in your life. And I'm not judging. I'm asking myself this question. What's the main thing in my life? Really? And it will take focus to keep that main thing the main thing. It will take intentionality. And so we're going to talk about focus and intentionality and goals. This is a a story that I love in Genesis chapter 24. Um, Abraham is, is getting along in years, and his son Isaac is single. And it was in those days, culturally, it was the, the father, mostly the father's responsibility to make sure that his sons had a wife, right? It's like, how about this, dads? The dad picked the wife. How many of you think that would be a good thing to reinstate right now? We'd be like, oh, heck no. No, no, no. Sister, you just keep on going. No, mm-mm, nope. Okay, we'll be, you know, this one, you know, let me, uh, let me pray about it, maybe. Mm. Okay, well, I'm sorry, what do you, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Oh, yeah, son, this will work, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, Dad, come on, no way. <laughs> I, I, I don't see any young people laughing here. Just all of the older folks are laughing. I, mean, I don't, anyway, anyway. So let me just read the text, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just kind of breeze through this, and but but it's because it's in story format, but there's much here. Um, now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Abram said to Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all he owned, "Please place your hand under my thigh." This is how a covenant was made. You. You know, basically, you, you'd put your hand under someone's thigh, and that was a cultural way to enter into a covenant, okay? So, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. But you will go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son, Isaac. All right, so... um. Uh, This was important because Abraham lived in the land that was surrounded by people that didn't worship his God. It wasn't that he was prejudiced. And it's like, you know, these Canaanite girls, they're all bad girls. Well, that wasn't it. The, The issue is, is that because the main thing in their life was following God and worshiping God and, 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 and following his leading that he knew that if his son married a Canaanite woman who was not a follower of their God, that that woman would lead him astray. 
Young people, you listen to me. Let me be your pastor today and tell you, do not fool around with anybody in your life who is not a follower of Jesus. Full on, because it will do nothing but get you in trouble. Don't think I will have influence on him or her and I'll help them come to Christ. You are headed for a heartbreak hotel, okay? It will not work. You want to find someone, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this. You want to find someone who is a follower of Jesus and believes in the God that you believe in. Don't tell me, oh, you'll never believe I met this person and the circumstances were. You know what? The devil can set up circumstances too. And all the parents said, amen. All right. First, I want you to see that Abraham correctly assessed the situation. We're talking about focus and intentionality and goals for 2019 so that 2019 doesn't just happen. And at the, and, and at the end of this year, we're like, okay, what did I do this year? How did I grow? What was I intentional about? Now's the time to think about those things. Abraham correctly assessed the situation. He's old. The Lord has blessed him in every way, and his son does not have a wife yet. So he assessed the situation. So let me give you three, first, for three questions I want you to ask for 2019. Write them down. Where am I now? Where am I now? What do I want to change? And the third question is, why do I want to change it? Because motive is always important. Where am I now? What do I want to change and why? Ask yourself those questions. All right, so verse 5, the servant said to him, suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to this land. Should I take your son back to the land from where you came? And Abraham said to him, beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying to your descendants, I will give this lamb. I will send his angel before you and he will uh, and you will take a a wife for your son from there. But the woman. uh, But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. If you don't know the story of Abraham, God visited Abraham and made the most unbelievable promises, maybe in the entire Bible. And he said to him, Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. I'm going to lead you to a land that you do not know about yet. I'm going to take you someplace, and I'm going to give you this land. And he makes a promise, and he says, through your lineage, Abraham, all the nations on earth will be blessed. Now, the only problem with that was that Abraham was already old, and his wife was barren, which means she was unable to have children. One of the promises God made to Abraham is he said, go out and look at the stars. Count them if you can. So will be your descendants. And Abraham's like, yeah, okay, how's that going to happen? Well, the nation of Israel would be birthed through that people group. And eventually, Jesus, the Messiah, would be birthed through that people group. And all nations on earth will be blessed. 
And so the family of Abraham is much larger, even than that tribe of Israel. It's worldwide. It's nationwide. And so that he had brought them to a land that was filled with people who did not worship the one true God. And so it was important that, that he find a wife that was from his family. Now, this was totally appropriate back then. This is thousands of years ago. The law of Moses comes and it starts, it doesn't allow that anymore. So he had to go back to his land to find someone for his son to marry. That was important to do that. So the servant asked a question and he asked the what if. And I think it's important as we talk about focus and we talk about intentionality and we talk about goals, what if. We have to address those what ifs, but don't stop there because sometimes the what ifs will keep you from what God has for you. Well, what if this happens or what if that happens? And it's not to say you dismiss those things, you know, but sometimes we get so stuck in the what ifs that we never move forward to what God has. Don't stop there, but focus on God's promises. And that will take what? That will take faith. Because faith is believing in something that you can't see yet, but yet you believe in your heart that God has spoken. Abraham went back to what he knew was true of God. First of all, he addressed the situation correctly, and then he went back to what he knew was true about God. God brought him out of that land into the land that he was in. God did that. It wasn't his idea. He remembered that God had been faithful all these years. Now, he's old now. He's toward the end of his life, and it's important that he take care of this situation, and he's remembering the blessings of the Lord. And he tells the servant, God will provide for you. Now, here's what I wrote down. A goal that doesn't depend on God to accomplish is not a God goal. A God goal can only be accomplished by him. And I believe that God would have us ask him this year for things that can only be accomplished by him. It is easy to ask for things that you know you can do. Am I right? It is a whole nother thing to ask God for something that you, not just randomly, but something you believe God has put in your heart that you know only God can accomplish. Uh, you guys were a part of a program at, 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 at Buena, uh, Buena Vista Springs, uh, uh, Carry Arms, no, at uh, 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 the Budget Suites down the street, Miss Aura, and, 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 and how many bikes, just real, real quickly, just give or take, about 130 bikes, uh, uh, 130 bicycles y'all gave away, you know, and it's like, you know, that was a God goal. Because you know what? 50 would have been an amazing blessing. 75 would have been huge. 100 would have been like, that's incredible. No, because it was a God goal. And it was only God who could have. And when you set a God goal, you know what? It takes faith. It takes intentionality. And it takes God. I mean, to put yourself out on the limb to say, you know what? Here's the way this is going to roll. There is no way this is going to happen if God don't show up. <laughs> yeah. How I many you like that, being in those situations? Yeah, that's a good thing. You know why? Because it honors him. It, a God goal honors God. Verse 10 says, Then the servant took ten camels from the, uh, the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things in his mas- uh, of, of his master's in his hand. And he rose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. 
So the servant prepared for the journey. He prepared for the destination, and he prepared for answered prayer. Isn't preparation important? And when you're believing God for massive things, isn't there a preparation part that we have to play? In other words, to accomplish what the Lord wants to do is going to take what? It's going to take work. Everybody say work. Now point to someone and say, he's talking about you right now. It's going to take work. You know what? Listen, I've come to the conclusion after a long time in this business that ministry is hard work. It ain't going to happen any other way. It is not. You got to work nights. You got to work weekends. It's crazy sometimes. It's hard work. But here's the reality. The Lord will do his part because he always does his part. But you know what else? We must do our part. And it's work. Abraham could have thought, you know what? If God wants to bring a wife into my son's life, he's just going to have to bring him. I'm not doing it. No, no. No, Abraham, you need to take care of this. He wasn't helping God out, but he was trusting in God to do his part. Now, Gill's exposition of the Bible says that that servant went on, because we read one paragraph, one verse, and then we bump to the next. We don't understand that was a 480-mile journey. Ah, hard work. He prepared. So that's why he took all those camels. He had a long way to go. Who knows the dangers that were along the path and the difficulty that was there before him? 480 miles. Here's another thing. Sometimes these things take time. It wasn't going to happen overnight. Took time. I heard Rick Warren say this too as I was driving to the funeral. I heard him say, We overestimate what we can do in a year, and we underestimate what can be done in 10 years. That just made me think like a whole lot. Verse 11 says he gets to his destination now. It's been 480 miles. It's been a long time. It has. And then it says as he gets to his destination, he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time the time when women go out to draw water. Verse 12, he said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I'm standing by the spring and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now, may it be that the girl to whom I say, please let your jar Uh, Please let down your jar so that I may drink. And who answers, drink, and I will water your camels also. May she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. Isn't that great? I mean, he shows up at the well because obviously his camels are thirsty and he says idea okay lord if this if i if she says and then she says oh let me water the camels too then i'll know now he says that right now he's he's not testing god he's not putting out a fleece quote unquote although he sort of is 
But he's saying, God, I'm asking in prayer. I'm asking for you to do this. And this is how this is how I'll I'll know. He says a quick prayer, but it's profound. And I want you to notice something that he's very specific. And I believe that God loves it when we ask specifics. Lord, bless the whole world. (laughs) Yeah, Lord, bless my grandfather who's living in this city and he's really sick. You see the difference? Specific. Think about this. How will he know the right woman? How will he how will he discern that? He can't mess this up. After a 480 mile journey, you got to get that right. Because if not, you're going right back. Listen, I'm go- the most beautiful girl, that's the one. He's going through the dating site. No, no, no. Hey, no. He's looking at FarmersOnly.com, and it's like, ooh, cows. No, I, I don't know. Aren't those like the worst commercials ever? They're so bad. You can't help but like them, right? I know. Now you all are doing the jingle in your mind, aren't you? You don't need to. Be, anyway, never mind. How is he going to know? I'll pick the one with the best personality. Yeah. Um. How will he know the heart of this woman in such a short period of time? He doesn't have weeks and weeks and weeks to just kind of spend time. Well, tell me, so what do you think about, okay, no, he doesn't have that. Eleazar, and I believe this is his eldest servant, Eleazar. It may not be him, but he was asking God to, listen, to show him a woman with a heart of service. Young ladies, did you get that? He didn't ask for the prettiest girl. Lord, she got to be fine because, no, he was asking for someone with a heart of service. Charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. See, it turns out it's the heart that matters. When I was teaching at Calvary Chapel years ago, I was, we were doing this thing on dating. And I asked the students, I said, so, I said, ladies, let me ask you, young ladies, let me ask you a question. Do you want someone who will want to be with you because of how you look or because of your heart? Right. One young lady said, both. I said, okay. <laughs> good answer, good answer, okay. Moving right along to, uh, anyway. He was asking for someone who would go beyond what was expected. Here's why. Um, 
her ask, asking him for a drink of water was customary, culturally adequate. She said, let me water your camels as well. You know, before I got married, I made a list of, uh, uh, of what I wanted in a wife. I did. I thought, why not? I'm going to be specific. Don't you worry about what I had on my list. <laughs> but I will say this. I got everything I asked for. And the Lord threw in some things I didn't even know I needed. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. I did not know. I was like, okay, cool. Real quick again, if you're single, let the Lord choose your spouse. Don't, don't, don't get all crazy and worked up trying to figure it out. When the person's right, and the time is right, you will know it. And those who truly love you will know it too. I got news for you. Everything lines up right over here. But mama says, oh, no, son, I don't think she the one. That's going to be a serious issue. Like, I can marry you right now, but my mama said no, and she knows. <laughs> Mama be like, mm, I don't know, man. Mm, no. Okay, Mom. Hey, we done, girl. Boom. You know. Why? Because Mama said no. You <laughs> don't understand. My Mama loved me. And she not. Anyway, you get it? This is goals focus. Do, me, do yourself a favor, young people. Don't settle for something that's just suitable. Don't you dare. Don't you dare believe God doesn't have someone for you that is everything you want and every... Don't you dare settle. Don't you dare minimize God's ability in your life to bring that person that he has for you. Don't you dare. Don't do it. Don't settle. Don't be in a hurry. Wait on the Lord. The servant prays in faith. How much faith will you need to accomplish all that God has for you? Little faith. Little dreams. Big faith. Big dreams. He prays in faith. Verse 15 says this. Before the... Before he had finished speaking. Before he had finished speaking. So he's praying this stuff. And bef before he finishes speaking, it says, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the, the, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder. So far, so good. The girl was very beautiful, nice, a virgin, and no man uh, uh, had had relations with her. And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. The servant ran to meet her and said, please give me a little uh, drink, a, a, a little water from your jar. She said, drink, my Lord. 
And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. But when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will also, I will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough um, and ran back to the well to draw. And she drew for his camels. Meanwhile, the man was gazing at her in silence to know whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. He's like, I picture that. I don't know if his face was like that or not. Like, when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing half a shekel, bling, bling, and two bracelets for her, wrist weighing ten shekels in gold. And he said, whose daughter are you? Please Tell me, is there room for us to lodge in your father's house? She said to him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom uh, she bore to Nahor. Again, she said to, him, uh, she said to him, we have plenty of, of both straw and feed and room uh, to lodge in. Then the man bowed low and worshiped the Lord. He said, blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master as for me, the Lord has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. Notice this happens before he's, he's praying this prayer, and he's not even done yet. He hasn't even said amen yet. And there's Rachel right, right, uh, uh, right in front of him. And, and, and his prayer is answered. We call that providence. Uh, J. Vernon McGee said providence is the means by which God directs all things. Oh, Rebecca. Anyway, uh, both animate and inanimate, seen and unseen, good and evil, toward a worthy purpose, which means he, he will just, he, he, his will must finally prevail. Or as the psalmist said, his kingdom ruleth over all. Psalm 103. And then in Ephesians 1.11, God tells us that God worketh, works all things after the counsel of his own will. Our, our God, J. Vernon McGee says, is running the universe today. Friends, even though there are some who think that it has slipped out from under him. <coughs> In the providence of God, Rebecca just happens to be there when the servant of Abraham shows up. She just happens to be of the right family. She just happens to be unmarried. Uh, she just happens to be very beautiful. Rebecca had physical beauty, but again, the servant was looking for a sign of inner beauty. First Peter 3 says, don't be concerned, ladies, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. Clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. So these pots that were used to gather this water were very heavy. And it took a lot of water to feed these camels up to 25 gallons per camel. Now, you know, one sparklets water jug is five gallons. Okay, 25 of those for each. Camels drink a lot of water. Now, here's the thing I want you to get from this. Rebecca had no idea that this single, 
act of service would change her entire life. No idea. That tells me that no service is a small thing. And are you looking to be used by God greatly? Then serve wherever you are planted. Don't say, here's what I do. Say, how can I help? Or maybe like this picture I have of this someone in our children's ministry gave me this, and I love it. Pastor Richard, can I help the church? <laughs> and then for anything, is nothing is impossible with God. That, that's framed. It's not framed, but it's in my office, and I just look at it every day. Some young child back there gave me that. It's precious. Do the small things. Do more than what you're asked for because that gives glory to God. Pray for persistence and patience. Without saying a word, the servant watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. Chapter 24, verse 21. Because any goal that's worth achieving is going to have obstacles along the way. And it's going uh, to have, it's going to need that persistence for the long term because difficulties will come. If there's no difficulties that come, you have to wonder what's going on. Ask yourself this question for 2019. What God has in your heart, what is it going to cost? Because every dream, every, every goal has to have, a, it's going to have a cost to it. What is it? It says in verse 53, when the servant brought out, then the servant brought out gold and silver, jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and to her mother. It costs Abraham something. The only free thing in this world is salvation. And that's free to us because Jesus paid the price on the cross. Eleazar had to pay the price. He had expensive gifts that he brought. He had to travel some 500 miles because great goals require great sacrifice. <clears throat> and if you're serious about a focused life this year, I have a couple more things I'd like you to write down. One, what God has for you to do, what's it going to cost you? Oh, it's going to cost something. Nothing gets accomplished without a sacrifice of some kind. Nothing. What will it cost? Another question I'd like you to ask, and I'm asking myself, is what am I willing to give? Another question I'm asking myself is, is it worth it? Those are questions to answer. And so here's your assignment. First of all, what will it cost? What am I willing to give? Is it worth it? Young people, what's your goal for 2019? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to see happen in school before the end of the school year? How will that happen? Are you willing to pay the cost to see it happen? So here's your assignment. Write down your goals for 2019. Write them down. You might start with participating in a 21-day fast as the Lord leads you to fast. Some of you might go 21 days without food. 
Some of you might do the Daniel fast where you just eat vegetables. I, I don't know. Pray about it. But participate. Don't miss this moment. Don't, don't, uh, no, I'm not going to do, no, why? Because what if God wants to speak something deeply and profoundly to you during those 21 days? I believe he'll do that to many of us. Write down your goals. Here's another thing. A dream without a deadline is just a dream. Put a date to it. Oh, that's when it gets tricky, right? Put a date to it. You're not testing God. You're just asking. Because I believe God wants us to ask in 2019. And then list the steps that you know you'll need to take. What do you know that you need to do? The servant had to prepare. Here's what I need to do. I need to get the camels ready. I need to get all the bling together. I need to get gifts for everybody. I need to get people to join me in this. I got preparation. I don't have a lot of time. I got to get this thing. I got to make it happen. And he left. God honored it. Um, <clears throat> write down your goals. When will you accomplish them? And list the steps that, that you'll take. Even if you don't know all of them, what can you begin with? I'm going to read the Bible through in one year. Good. What's the plan? I don't know. I'm just going to read it. No, get a plan. Get a, get a one-year Bible. Find an app or something that will get you through the Bible in a year. Commit to reading it every day. I'm going to read through the Bible in six months. Good. Do it. How? Well, I got this Bible app, and I'm going to read it twice a day, morning and evening. Great. He- write it. Make a plan. Be intentional because guess what? If we're not intentional, it won't happen. Now, fast forward. <clears throat> Verse 54 says this. <clears throat> As the servant is dining with the family, Rebecca's family. It says, Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night. When they arose in the morning, he said, Send me away to my master. Isn't that great? Hey, look, man, y'all got your bling. I got the girl. I got to go. I don't need to be hanging around here, man. I'm on a mission. I love the intentionality this, this man has. Send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, let the girl stay with us a few days. Say 10. Afterward, she may go. He said to them, do not delay me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, well, we will call the girl and consult her wishes. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, what? I will go. Are those awesome words? I will go. She had no idea how much her life would change. She's stepping into the lineage of Jesus, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs of the faith. And her name is listed next to Isaac. All of them had wives, some of them multiple wives, but that's another story. And her name is listed. Through her lineage, the Messiah would come. Rebecca, who knew? Ah, and She says, I will go. Verse 59, uh, thus 
they sent away their sister Rebecca and her nurse with Abraham's servant and his men. They blessed Rebecca and said to her, this is amazing. Listen to this prayer they pray over her. They have no idea that Jesus is coming who will fulfill this. She's, they say to her, may you, our sister, become thousands of ten thousands. And may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. Then Rebekah arose with her maids, and they mounted the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. Woo! You can read the story of how she met Isaac and what that was like. <sighs> Refreshing. Well, what does that mean for you and for me today? I've given you some questions, some things to ask. Be intentional this year. You will never be the man that God intends you to be unless you're intentional about becoming that man. You will never be the all all that God wants you to be as a woman of God unless you are intentional about becoming that woman. Am I talking about working our way into God's grace and God's favor? Absolutely not. I'm talking about being intentional because of who we are in Christ and because of what he has done for us. And I'm asking you to ask him what he has for you. And then listen and write it down. And let's just see what God does as we ask. He has already opened up the floodgate for us as a church at the budget suites. Now he has opened up the floodgates at Westcare. What else does God have for us this year? Let's ask and see and believe. Who knows? I believe God wants us to be successful in the things that we put our hands to that glorify him. Can you say amen to that? Let's all stand and pray.